I love about that song is it feels like the weather out there today, doesn't it? Just awesome. And, uh, and also with that song, like you guys think back to when you met the woman or the man that you're married. The first time you saw him, didn't it kind of feel like that song? How many of you feel like it was like that? I heard a groan over here. Something like that. Okay. <laughs> You know, it's funny because, yeah, mine was definitely not that. I'll just tell you. The first time I saw Susie, seriously, I thought that woman is going to kick my butt. That's what I was. I thought, seriously, she had like hiking boots on and a bandana and this, this uh, t- uh, tank top on. And she was just, she had just finished rock climbing and she just looked scary, tough to me. And, um, and then I, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I actually grabbed her arms. They were like concrete. So, but then about 15 minutes later, we met at a conference actually. And uh, we went in a breakout session, and she opened her mouth, and I was like, wow, there's something amazing about that woman. Now, incredible, very, very cool story, very, very short. Six weeks later, I was living in Southern California, and Susie was living in Montana. And uh, I just said, you know what, I got to find out if this is a woman I want to be stuck like glue with. I want to find out if this is the woman I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. So I went up there, and after about three days, there were enough things that I could see as far as the essentials for me as somebody I really wanted to marry that I'm like, man, this could be it. You know, do you guys remember that moment? That's scary when you feel like this could be the person. So that night, <clears throat> I took a really long walk uh, late at night. And, uh, and you guys, with all my being, I'm just trying to, trying to know God, and I believe so deeply that this is an intimate relationship that God actually wants to have with us. And he, he speaks to us, and, and, and we can relate to him. But every once in a while, he kind of shows up just in a more powerful way. And this was one of those moments for me. And all of a sudden, as I was praying and walking in this empty field, I felt like God said to me, David, this is my daughter, and I love her. And I'm choosing you to be the man that I get to love her through. Now, let me say that again. This is my daughter, and I love her as the sun came up. (laughs) This is my daughter, and I love her, and I'm choosing you to be the one that I get to love her through. So, you guys, in that moment, everything changed. See, because when you're trying to figure out if you want to be with somebody for the rest of your life, what are you doing? I mean, we've all, we're checking each other out. We've got a list, right? Are they this? Are they my attractive? Are they funny? Are they, they got a good job? All right. And then I feel like in that moment, God just took my list, crumpled it up, and threw it away and said, this is not about you and what you want. If you enter into marriage because of what you want, it's going to be rough waters. I'm telling you, that I love this woman and I'm choosing you to be the one that I get to love her through. So you guys, everything changed. In that moment, I realized that I actually, that God was actually placing a call. Okay, that's really bright, sorry. Um, I, I realized that God was placing a call on my life. That's different. And he was also saying, I will supply what you need for the call. See, that's what he does. He doesn't just call you. He also says, now here's the deal, because I actually want to love her, and I'm going to love her through you. Now here's the deal. This is not a marriage message, even though I started off like that. But what I want to let you know is that God calls us, and then he supplies what we need for the calling. So if you're married, real quick, stand up. 
Go ahead. If you're married, real quick, everybody stand up. Okay. Awesome. All right. If you're here with your spouse, show a little bit of affection. Either grab her hand, put your arm around her. Just really quick, really quick, I want to tell you something. If you're married today, God has a call on you to be one with each other. God has called you to be one with each other. Listen to this. Jesus says this in Matthew 19. He says, haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. And he said, and Jesus said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and listen, and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, listen to this. Whatever God has joined together, let no one separate. You have a call from God to be one with each other. Okay, have a seat. Okay, if you're not married, stand up. Okay, if you're not married, stand up. Yep, you do. Okay, everybody just turn around. We want to try to set you up with each other just real quick. Sorry again. All right. Kidding, kidding, kidding. See, now, I used to, when I was 34 and still single, I could do those jokes and they work. It probably doesn't work as well now. But listen, now here's what I want to tell. I just want to say this because I think this is really important. As soon as we start talking about the vision that God has for our relationships to be one, I just know for some of you that brings up a really painful thing in your heart. And um, I just want to tell you a couple things. You can't change yesterday. You cannot change yesterday. And here's the other thing is true. You can't control tomorrow. You can't do it. There's only one who can. But here's what you can do. You can be faithful today to pursue the one who calls and who supplies love for the call. So just have hope in him and pursue him. Okay, go ahead and have a seat. All right, if you're here as a family, if we got moms and dads and you're here with your kids, go ahead and stand up, okay? All right, I know this is kind of K2's version of a Catholic service, so just <laughs> bear with us, all right? So, all right, moms and dads and kids, let me just tell you something. You have a call from God to be one with each other. It's called a family unit, unity, one thing. Fathers and mothers, God has called you. Your responsibility is so high. My responsibility as a dad is so high to be pouring into my children so that they will know what it is to have a heavenly father. And children, all you kids in here, God has said you honor your father and your mother. He wants our families to stick together. You have a call from God. All right? You guys can go ahead and stand. Okay, last one. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Okay, we don't need any coffee this morning. We'll just keep you guys going up and down. All right. Now, many of you in this room, you call K2, the church, your home. You would say that K2 is your, is your church. Some of you are here and you're followers of Christ and K2 isn't your church. You're either visiting or for whatever reason, you're here with us together. And some of you are here and... To me, you're our honored guests. 
that if you're here and you're trying to figure out if this even is anything that I want to pursue or not. But here's what I want to say to all of us. Every one of you in this room, highly, highly valued by God. Every one of you. In one sense, by being human, we're supposed to be one. God's original plan for creation was that mankind would be one with each other. Obviously, we're not. Let me tear it down a little bit now to the church. If you're a follower of Christ, God has called you. I'm in that. He has called us to be one with each other, you guys. I know you already already did a meet and greet, but just a chance to look around and say, I'm supposed to be one with everybody in this room. Let me show you how. In John chapter 17, Jesus said this. This was a prayer at the end of his life. He said, my prayer is not for them alone, meaning the 12 apostles that he, was, that he had. He goes, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, and that's you. That's us. That all of them may be one. Father, now listen to this. Just as you are in me and I am in you. See, what God is helping us see, Jesus and the Father were one with each other perfectly unified together. And then he goes on to say, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And all I just want you to think for a second is just in your own heart and in your own mind, be honest with yourself. How many of you feel like we're one in this room? No, you don't have to raise your hands. Thank you, though. In your own heart, do you, with the people who are part of this church, are we answering God's call and Jesus' prayer to be one with each other? Man. Huge. Go ahead and have a seat. Now, here's what I know about every human heart. Every human heart wants this. Our hearts hate separation. We hate it. In fact, I would say that losing love is one of the most agonizing things that happens to the human soul. And I'm sure that there's everyone in the, every one of us in this room has lost love before. And when you're losing love, something inside your heart breaks. We're not created for separation. We're not created for loss of love. We're created to be one with each other. And you guys, nothing is more scary than when you feel it slipping away, is it? Like you know that you've loved this person and then all of a sudden, well, usually it's not all of a sudden, it's a little by little, but you wake up one morning and you realize my love for this person is slipping away. That's scary. And it's even more scary when you realize that it's the other person and you can sense it and you can tell that their love for you is slipping away. And I'm telling you, When that happens, when the breakup happens, when the separation happens, when the news happens, and what you thought was going to be there forever isn't anymore, 
Our hearts aren't made for that. So today, in the next four weeks, you guys, we are going to look at how do we keep it together. And one of the greatest things you can know, it is God's will and it is his desire for us to have our relationships stick together. So the very thing you want, he wants, the very thing you want, he's designed you to have and he wants to give you. All right? So man, before I dive into this thing today, let's just pray right now. And you know what you need from God. So open your heart to him and see if he might pour into you today to give you hope for your relationships. Let's pray. Dad, you know everybody here. Everybody. You know where love has been lost and you know where hearts have been wounded. God, you know people right now in this room who are feeling the love slip away. And God, that's why we're coming to you today. Because we worship you because you have a love doesn't. You have a love that never fails. You have a love that always perseveres. In your very nature, you are one. And you've created us to experience the same thing. And through Jesus, we have the chance for that. So God, I just pray out of your great love for everybody who's here that you'd speak to him clearly in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Ephesians 4 for these five weeks. So if you, um, if you don't read the Bible on a regular basis, this would be a great chance. And I would really encourage you, if you need a Bible too, we have free ones out in the lobby. But I just encourage you to grab a Bible and, and read the book of Ephesians for the next four, uh, uh, for the next four weeks. Um, I really wish we could do all of it because the stuff, even the first three chapters to set up this message is so really, really good. But I'm going to go ahead and uh, start off with chapter four. And I'm going to read for you verses one through six. Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, he goes, I urge you, okay? So we're going to have some urging going on today. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Other versions, and actually in the Greek, it says, live a life worthy of the calling to which you've been called. And anytime you use a word twice in one sentence, you're saying, this is really important. Be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one, you guys getting this? One baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. So guys, here's the secret. How do we keep our relationships together? Okay, number one, and, and I, I'm gonna beat this horse really hard today. I already have, sorry. Number one is you have, the way that you keep your relationships together is you realize you have a calling. You have a calling. How many of you guys in this room feel at some time in your life you received a calling. How many of you have received a calling? Okay. Now, isn't that cool? I mean, if you've received a calling, it's a great feel because really, and we'll say that to people, man, you found your calling. And what are we saying? 
When we say that to somebody, we're saying, you have found what you were made for, right? We're saying, man, you were created to do this. This, and you find your purpose. And when you find your purpose like that, it's like, this is it. There's something so fulfilling about finding your calling. And I don't know about you, but as a parent too, I'm like, that, that was one of the things that was most exciting to me about being a dad. And every time that uh, Susie's been pregnant with one of our kids, I'm just sitting there and I look at that little round belly and I'm just like, man, why did you make that person? Like, what is up with that? What is, because here's what you know, God has a reason for every person, and he knits them together exactly how he wants them to be. So as a dad, I realize that my job is to help Mariah and Ashlyn and Caleb discover their calling. It's so cool. So yesterday, I got some insight into that, and uh, two totally different experiences at 9 a.m. and then later in the day. At 9 a.m., first thing in the morning, Ashlyn, who's my second daughter, had her first football practice, which was so cool. (laughs) Thank you very much. I wish I had a picture of her because it was so, she's so cute. And uh, so we show up to this practice and all these boys are out there and Ashlyn rocks off their little blonde ponytail, you know. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm meeting other, other parents and we're talking, you know. And so it's the first time we're meeting each other. So, hey, who's your kid? And great, hey, who's your kid? And I'm like, oh, mine's, mine's the girl in the blonde hair. And this dude leans over and he goes, man, she's really good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it was awesome. This, this, uh, this other uh, dad looked over and he goes, man, I think she's the best one out there. And this other guy goes, she's just a natural. See, there it is. She's a natural. So you discover that. You go, man, there's somehow God designed you for this and you can do this really well. You start to discover who you are. So then at the end of the day, Ashlyn and Mariah are in the chorus at their elementary school. And last night was their concert. And at the concert, uh, they, they partnered up with the Utah, uh, University of Utah Women's Chorus. And so the women did their thing, then our kids did their deal. And then at the very end, uh, the, the chorus and the women um, got together, or the, the women and the kids got together to sing a song. And it was so funny, you guys, Ashlyn, all day long, she's like, I want to quit. I want to quit, because she didn't want to wear a skirt. Okay, and uh, and Mariah, she's in the bathroom and she's just you know putting her makeup on and walking out you know and looking at herself and all. it was just so fun. And then I, I, we're watching our kids and Mariah and Ashlyn's just standing like this and all the other little girls are like this. And I wish I could remember. Susie reminded me first service what the first, what the last song was, but it was something about I don't know about love making you work. All the little girls are like this and Mariah's front and center. And she's like just singing away, you know, and then they let us come down and take pictures. And she's just, I mean, it was just hilarious to me. And my buddy behind me looks up and he leans over. He goes, wow, it looks like you've got one who was made for the stage. (laughs) You've got one who was made for the stage. That scared the crud out of me when I was a kid being in front of people. See, we have callings. Now, let me tell you something. You have a calling. Every one of you in this room, all of us have a calling from God. And when we hear and find the calling, we find our purpose. And we can go, I was made for that. And here's the calling that every single one of us has. We're supposed to live a life worthy of this calling you have received. And the call from God, you guys, is he's saying to every human being, your purpose And your reason for being here is me. I created you for me. See, one of the things we know about being human is that we are creations. And here's how you can know. Because there isn't one human being 
who finds total fulfillment in and of themselves. Not one. Every human searches and finds value and significance and purpose in something outside themselves. So you can know you were created for something greater. So Pascal, he, he said that we have a heart that's like a God-shaped vacuum, right? And, and we have this heart that's just, man, is it this job? Is it this person? Is it this marriage? Is it, this, is it my looks? What is it that's going to help me feel this thing? And God is saying, it's me. I've created you to be in a relationship with me. You guys, the calling that you receive is the call to re-engage and come back into relationship with God through Christ. That's the call. Now, I know many of you in this room, some of you are just are here again and you're visiting and we are so grateful you're here. But any person who has ever made a decision for Jesus Christ has only done so because they've heard the call in their heart to put their faith in Christ. And when you put your faith in Christ, what happens is everything that keeps you separated from God is gone. And here's the mystery, which we talked about last week at Easter. You guys, Jesus Christ rose from the dead so that he could live in you now. The Holy Spirit is the most mysterious Man, if you're a spiritual person and you want to find a spiritual reality, there's nothing more deep than the Christian teaching that the very Spirit of God, the call, is to have your spirit enmeshed with His Spirit so that now there's not a moment of any day where you don't walk in relationship with God. And that is the calling that's on every human being. Now, here's what's interesting. So it says, so now, for all of you in this room, if you're a follower of Christ, then what you're supposed to be doing is living a life worthy of that calling. So what does that mean? This is really interesting. The word worthy comes from the, a root word that means a scale, you know? And I'm like, well, how's that work? Well, here's how it works. If you work at a certain skill level for a certain amount of time in a certain place, what are you expecting? A promotion, okay, good. <laughs> or at least a salary, right, that's worthy of your effort and your skill level. So as soon as the salary is in alignment, then it's worthy, okay? That's kind of what that means, a scale that's worthy. It's in alignment with. What he's saying here is, listen, you guys, I've called you to myself. You responded to that call. I put my very spirit inside of you so that you can now live like I live. Live a life in alignment with the calling that you've received. We, in other words, as followers of Christ, should be living a life like he lives. And then go to the next verse, and then he goes, and this is what it looks like. You'll be completely humble, and you'll be gentle, and you'll be patient, You'll bear with one one another in love. And then there's this great phrase in verse 3. Make every effort to keep, keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So you guys, so the first thing, how do we keep our relationships together? We remember that we're called. We have a calling from God to Him. And then a result, the result of that calling is that his spirit now comes inside of us. 
And here's what's crazy. I have the same spirit that any one of you in this room has. See, there's a unity of the spirit. See, in the very nature of God, you guys, all the qualities of God, all the fruit of the spirit, they're all characteristics that bring relationships together. That's what God does in and of himself. His, the very nature of God This Trinitarian nature that we believe in is that God somehow, this mysterious deal, that God in one being is three persons, that he has existed in love. And so what happens is you get brought up into this mystery and God puts his spirit inside of you and the spirit inside of you says, hey, guess what? I'm always about the other person. Guess what? I always love. I always serve. I'm always patient. I never give up. I always forgive. And the spirit now lives inside of you. That's the result. It's his very life inside of you. And so now the question is this. How many of us, and don't, please don't raise your hands, okay? How many of you can say you're living a life worthy of the calling you've received? How many of us can actually say that we're making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace? See, Because as Christians now, all of us, what's happening is God is saying, listen, if you're in the white box because somebody else is in the red box, (laughs) right? And if you got somebody here that you're just totally trying to avoid and you won't even talk to them, all right? I'm in you and that doesn't work. That's not okay. If you're feeling like your love is slipping away, then one of the things you know is, God's spirit is inside of you and he says, guess what? You need to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. And my calling is to live a life of oneness just like I always do. So here's my question. Why isn't this working? Why isn't this work? Why is it that so many churches today still divide why is it that so many people who, have Christ, who follow Christ will have relational break and not be able to reconcile and come back together? What's, what's going on? Now, let me tell you. The, the first one I will say is this. When J, Jesus prayed for us and he said, here's the deal. If you guys would be one with each other, then the world would know that I was sent from the Father. I want to tell you, here is a reality. There is a spiritual battle for your soul and there is a spiritual battle for your relationships. We have a spiritual enemy. The last thing he wants is for the world to know that Jesus Christ came from the Father. That is the last thing he wants. And Jesus said, if you guys all be one, then the world would know. So do you think you're not going to have somebody who's going to try to get you to be angry and bitter and not forgive and jealous? And uh, you, you guys get it? Okay, now here's the other thing that I want to share with you. Why isn't this working? I think it's because we're trying instead of trusting. I think the reason our relationships aren't working is because we're trying instead of believing. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. When you really, really believe something, I'm not talking about the goofy church junk that you grew up with and because you grew up in a church, you know that you, you know, that, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking what you really believe is what you end up trusting in. And when you trust in something, 
you will act on it. In fact, I, I'm going to tell you, every action you take goes back all the way to a belief that you hold. And I think the reason our relationships are struggling is because we're trying to be patient, trying to be kind, trying to be gentle, trying. You guys, anybody else out there trying? How's that going for you? We need to stop trying and we need to start believing. Now, let me explain it. I'm going to give you four things that you got to believe that I think will help your relationship stick together. Number one is this. And, and I'm just going to tell you guys, two, two of these things I'm going to share with you have been just things even in the last two months for me have been new or at least I'm practicing them more than I ever have in my life. And it's unbelievable, okay? I'm with you in trying to figure this thing out, okay? Here's the first thing you got to believe. And some of these are going to go, number one, you've got to believe that the Holy Spirit of God is in you. If you're a Christian, you have to believe the Spirit of God is in you. Now, some of you are going, God, I wish Nelson would speak on something deeper. You know, tell me something I don't already know. Okay, let me tell you what you don't know. Is when the moment comes and all of a sudden you're feeling bitter and you're not forgiving somebody and you're holding grudges against them and you're judging somebody because they're not quite at the standard you want them to be, and you're a Christian, the first thing you've got to do to beat that off is you have to believe the Spirit of God is in me. See, because we think, we, we, we forget that most precious thing. And I'm telling you, if you'll stop and go, wait a second, how can I have this attitude towards another brother or another sister when his spirit is in me and the spirit is crazy about that person. <laughs> and see, so Christians all the time, we, we talk behind each other's backs and we slander and we get jealous and we, we, we think we're better than other people. And I'm just telling you, that's what ruins relationships. And you and I included in those moments, you've got to believe the spirit of God is in me. Because if he is, that is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. You are not living a life worthy of the calling you've received. And what you received was his spirit inside of you. Number two. First one, you've got to believe the spirit's within you. Number two, you've got to believe that you have a calling from God to oneness. Now again, you're sitting there going, okay, you've said that a million times. I'm going to say it a million and one. Here's why. See, when I wake up in the morning and I can just tell that I don't got it that day, I can tell emotionally I'm spent and I really could care less about Susie and the kids. Anybody else ever have a day like that? Okay, wow, you guys are good. You don't even need this message. Um, I can tell within me when my love is not there for you on a Sunday morning and I just want to be about myself. What keeps you from living for yourself in that moment? What keeps you from coming home from work and just totally absorbing into your own self instead of sacrificing for your wife and your kids? Or what keeps you from pouring into your husband and lifting him up instead of just seeing all the wrong things that he's done? What keeps you from doing that? I'm telling you guys, for me, 
When I come to that place where I'm like, I am not loving, I don't even want to live the life worthy of the calling right now. I go back to the walk in that field. And I remember God saying to me, this is my daughter and I love her and I am calling you and choosing you to be the one that I get to love her through. See, it has nothing to do with my feelings. See, the, the reason you stick together in your marriage when you don't feel like it is because there's a greater calling from God to stick it out. The reason, man, please don't miss these next four weeks, you guys, because we're going to hit very practical things these next four weeks of four things that really destroy relationships. And we're going to dive in and say, how do we apply this into our life? And I'm telling you, you've got to believe that there's a calling on your life to stick it out. You've got to believe there's a calling on your life as a member of a church to love each other, everybody in this room. You're called by God to that. And then you have to make a determination in your heart. I am going to do what God called me to do, not what I feel like doing. Do you guys get it? What do you believe? I believe she's supposed to make me happy. (laughs) Or I believe I'm supposed to love that woman. See, what you believe will completely change your behavior. You got to believe the Spirit's in you. You got to believe you've been called by God. Here's the third thing you got to believe you got to believe that you must come to God unlike Him. Let me say that again. You must come to God unlike Him. Now, what do I mean by that? When I'm having a crappy day and I'm feeling really selfish and, and I know that everything within my heart is ugly. I mean, when you're like that, when you go to engage with God, how many of you want to just come to God and say, hey, God, just really angry and bitter today. (laughs) Hey, God, I'm just totally all about myself. I could care less about my kids today. Hey, God, I'm really jealous today. Hey, God, you know, I'm lying. I totally lied. Just want to let you know. You know, you you don't want to do that. For some reason, as human beings, we want to come to God and kind of make it look like, hey, God, I'm trying. Trying really hard, God. See how much effort I put into that? Now, since I gave you a lot of effort, could you just give me a little help? Right? Isn't that what you do? I'm trying, God. I'm a good guy. I'm a good girl. I'm I'm, I'm a good. Okay, let's quit the BS and come to God exactly as you are. Quit trying to be patient. Instead, go to God and say, God, I'm not patient. Quit trying to be selfless. Instead, go to God and say, God, can I just tell you, I am so freaking selfish. Quit trying to cover up your lies and go to God and say, God, I am living a lie. I'm telling you guys, this is the one in the last two months for me. I'm realizing I try so hard to honor God. And it doesn't, that's not how it's supposed to work. When he says, make every effort, I think what he's saying is, make every effort to believe. Believe me. And here's what he says. If you come to me exactly as you are, then my grace can touch your brokenness. Then my grace will touch your selfishness. Then my grace will touch your sin. And God will change you. 
you will not change yourself. I'm telling you, that's a mystery, but it's the truth. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, let us approach God's throne of grace. Isn't that cool? To know that when you go to God, it's a, God, it's a throne of grace. Let us approach it with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You guys, I heard a guy say, I'm almost done, I heard a guy say just recently that rain doesn't make a sound until it hits something. Isn't that interesting? And then he said, grace is like rain. Grace doesn't make a sound until it hits something. And we're all trying to be really good people, covering up our real junk. And God's grace never hits it. And because his grace never hits your sin, it stays in there and you keep trying. And the burden gets heavier and the guilt gets heavier and you can't be the wife or the father or the friend you're, or the Christian you're supposed to be. The good news is, come to God unlike him and let his grace touch what's not like him and then he'll transform you into his likeness. It's his job, not yours. Okay? Last one really quick. You gotta believe that he will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him. This is the one I've been doing all... In, in Luke 11, Jesus said, you guys are good, you guys are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him? That's what Jesus said. So you know what? Let me just bring you into my prayer times lately. The last two months, basically what I've been doing is saying, hey, Dad, Jesus said that if I ask you for the Holy Spirit, you'll give him to me. So I'm asking, and because he said so, you got to give him to me. I mean, think about this, you guys. Jesus said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, your father loves you so much. He wants you to live the life. Quit trying to do it on your own. Ask him for the Spirit, and Jesus said the Father will give him to you. And I, I want to tell you, in, in Ephesians 5.18, it says that we are to be filled with the Spirit. And what that means is, keep being filled. Because I have the Spirit. You guys, if you've received Christ, you have him. But how do you live in him? How do I tap into him? How do I rely on him? And what God is saying is just keep asking me for him. So I'm telling you, man, every time in the last couple months when I've been feeling scared or anxious or selfish or whatever, every time I've stopped and gone, okay, God, I need the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you give him to me. Give him to me. And I'm going to believe you. It's been unbelievable. It hasn't been perfect every time by any means. But you guys, I'm learning how to tap into the power of God to live a life worthy of the calling. And I'm realizing more and more, I don't have the power, but he does. And he wants your relationships to stick together. It's his will. He wants it even more than you want it, but the reason you want it is because he created you for that purpose, and that's why he called you to himself, so that you could find out, I'm created to live a life worthy of the calling of God. And it's true for every single one of you in this room. Man, don't miss. And you guys, there's probably no better series to invite your friends these next four weeks as if you know people who are struggling relationally, get them here and let's tackle some of these issues together. Okay, God, thank you for today. Thank you for this truth. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. 
Thank you that you have forgiven us of all of our sins so that we could be reconciled to you. Thank you for calling us, for drawing us to that. And then, God, thank you that when we respond to that, you fill us with your very spirit of oneness, your spirit of unity, your spirit of love. And then, God, I just pray for every person, all of us in this room, that you would help us to learn in these next few weeks how we can walk in a way that brings you honor and glory because we are living a life worthy of the calling that you have given us. Thank you, God, for showing us our purpose, our meaning, the reason that we're here. God, I just, I know you love everybody here, and I so ask that you do deep and powerful, everlasting things through this truth. In Jesus' name.